Welcome back to the Trifecta Soft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank yeah, you for dude. the invite, you know. Thank you for scooping me up, man. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the hell yeah thing was uh, when I saw it on Instagram, I thought it was like, you know how people say hell yeah? Uh, I thought it was that, you know, just like, but spelled the way people actually say it down here in, you know, in South Carolina. Yeah. No, it's actually my last name. Like everything I did was uh, my last name. So my DJ name is Ray's Hell. My my airsoft name is Hell Yeah. Um, I don't have any other ones, but who knows what'll come up. That's That's smart. Hell yeah. I like that. Yeah, now every time I say up. hell yeah, and I say hell yeah all the time, I'm gonna think of, I'm gonna think of you. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy because like every time it comes up, like I know I know everybody doesn't know me. So even at my local field, like I would just be walking around, somebody like hell yeah, I look around like you know. Oh I, shit! They're just saying you know the regular word. They're not uh, even talking to me. I didn't even think of that, bro. That's probably happened. You're like, oh wait, what? Yeah, like, like oh, everyone no. says it. <laughs> yeah, I used to uh, I used to care like. Uh, actually, that's how I ran out of patches. So what I used to do is uh, I'll carry patches on me, yeah. and when somebody said that word, I'll give them a patch. Like, so they won't even know why I have to buy. Hell yeah! But here you go, because all my patches say hell yeah on it. So I just oh, pass them a funny. patch. That is cool. Well, I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. I was sitting here looking up how to say lahe. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, that's gonna be your new nickname, bro. Okay, Lahe. <laughs> I'm with it. How did oh, that one say? I think I, in my head I said Lahe, but yeah, Lahe works. I don't even care. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, listen, dude. You um, are do you live in South Carolina? No, I stay in Georgia. In Georgia, okay, we're not too far away. Oh, and, no, not uh, at all. Yeah, you were at uh, you were at Stonebreaker this past, you know the the event I went to and I didn't even know until you commented uh, like a few podcasts ago on something on there about uh, you were, you, you talked to me. Yeah. So um, what is it? We was at Western AA and I think he was recording and I seen you was pressed. And so um, I was just reloading everything and I seen you was looking up there. You're like, man, it's last. I'm like, yo, you want to go up there? Like I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, watch your back. You can get up there close to the action. He was like, no, I'm good. I'm like, you sure? Like, we could do this. <laughs> he was like, it's cool, man. I was like, I, I didn't even know that you actually did this, though. Like, I didn't even see anything that said trifecta on here or anything. So it was like we both bumped each other and, like, didn't even know what was up. Yeah, I had uh, – so the I had that vest on. So my original vest, I had spray-painted uh, the big trifecta, trifecta logo on the back. Mm-hmm. Well, then when I saw on their rules and stuff for the press thing, I was like, ah. Uh, I don't have a place to put the press thing on the front and back. I was like, I'll just, you know, so I used a different uh, plate carrier or whatever, or yeah, I think that's what I was wearing with uh, where I could put that big press thing on the front and back. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I didn't have any uh, trifecta stuff on that weekend. Cause they, yeah. it was, uh, I was going to wear uh, my hat, like, you know, well, this is all dirty now. Cause I was scraping drywall, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was going to wear that. Well, then it said in the rules you had to wear like a blue helmet or a blue hat or something like that for press. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. So I bought 
in that trailer they had there where they were selling a bunch of stuff out of, um, over by the registration thing, I found a blue hat. And, uh, so I was wearing that. So really nobody knew who I was or, you know, who I didn't have anything for a trifecta airsoft on. <laughs> no, you was just hiding in. Like everybody's mm-hmm. walking past you like <laughs> press. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, when you asked me about going up there, cause I, I was gonna, uh, there was a bunch of action in the building and, uh, and you offered to, you know, like watch me, you know, watch my back going up there. And I was like, by that time, man, I, my legs were shot. Like I could barely walk, you know, up that hill again. And, yeah. um, so, and then I didn't know how, like if somebody's running in and out of the doors and stuff, I, I don't move very quickly. So I'll stumble and, you know, it'd be a fucking clusterfuck. Okay. So <laughs> I'm like, I had to go back, man. I had to go back. I know. I know. I should have, but, um, I didn't want to get in their way while they're, you know, blasting each other. Yeah. That part I do understand too. Like, especially you having a blue helmet on or a blue hat, like wherever you're at, there's probably people. I will look right. over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a good time though, man. I had a, uh, I had a good time. Were you, were you on uh, I can't remember. Were you on tan? Yeah, I was on tan. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Tonka, he was on, he was on green. He was yep. uh, Eastern. It's funny. Cause I always try to link up with him too, but he ends up always being on Eastern, and I always end up being on Western. But one of these times, I'm going to run with him. Yeah. Now, do you have you seen him at other events before? Oh, yeah. We always – like, I see him at plenty of events. I've seen him at, what, Stonebreaker. Uh, what was it before that? Bone Strike. Mm. I think he was at Iron Dagger, too. Like, I just always bump heads with him. And I think the, the cool part is I'm pretty sure I linked up with him on Instagram first. Mm. And then I started noticing him around because, like, he ended up saying, like, yeah, I'm going to be at this event. You know, look for the big red truck. And I was like, I looked, and, you know what I'm saying? There he was right there. So he already invited me out. One of the things I want to do is uh, link up with him and I think uh, Kilo, uh, some of the Kilo group. They're out They're out in uh, Florida. So I'm trying to link – actually, I'm trying to link up with everybody in Florida, like yeah. Miami Infidels, Tryhards. Like, there's a lot of people in Florida. Dude, the Tryhards, they – um. One of the guys either commented on – I can't remember if it was on a video on you, on our YouTube or uh, the post on Instagram like in the last month or you know, just a couple – like a week after when I put out another podcast, like a week after the, uh, the event. And one of them – somebody commented from that group saying, hey, uh, we – oh, no, it was on Instagram. That's right because I actually sent them the uh, pictures I had uh, of them. Uh-huh. So I didn't even know. <clears throat> that it was them. I, you know, somebody messaged me and said, Oh yeah, we were there. We were right there or whatever. you know, when I posted some pictures from the event and uh, I was like, Oh shit, let me look. Oh, so I had like three pictures in a row of these guys on one of the technicals. Uh-huh. So I sent it to him, but uh, I've been wanting to hook up with that guy. I can't remember who it was from the tryhards, but I mean, if it's the heck, I uh, try to think, I don't even want to mess this up. Cause like they're kind of, I always get the tryhards and the infidels a mm. little bit mixed up. They're really separate, but they work together. I believe that's how it works. Okay. Um, but I know Laz is one of the main guys. Uh, Kyrie, that's one of the dudes I always talk to because I end up doing something with them. Uh, me, tryhards, infidels, and I think uh, and uh, who else was with me? It was it was Mister Ot. 
I, I did a whole story with them because was that uh what was that? It wasn't Iron Dagger? Was it Stonebreaker? It's probably the tip of my tongue. I don't remember which one it is. They got so many events. Oh yeah. Uh, it was the one out in Guardian Center though. I did an event mm. with them out at Guardian Center, and like we did some real, we did some real good stuff out there. So I, yeah, I love that group, man. They they work. Nice. Dude, that's so crazy. You know, uh, you, you run with Tonka and these are people I've just met, you know, like in the last month and a half or whatever. And you know, him, I actually met at the field and then, uh, I met you at the field, didn't even know it. So, (laughs) and then, uh, you know, Mr. OT just met him online just, you know, a few weeks ago, did a podcast with him. So, uh, it's really cool finding out you get, you know, when I talk to somebody like, Oh yeah, I play with these guys, you know, all these different people in different States. And, uh, and here I am like, Oh shit. I didn't know. (laughs) You know, that's what happens with these big mill sim events though. Like Mm -hmm. so many people link up and like, especially when you find like cool groups and stuff that, that make a name, you know, who's not to remember. I mean, Mr. OT is never a dull moment. I remember even when I linked up with him, I think the only reason why I knew about him was because I looked up his, uh, I was on YouTube. I was checking out YouTube. I knew I was going to visit my dad. He's out of Mississippi. And so mm. I'm in the airsoft now and I'm like, okay, let me see if there's anybody out in, you know, Mississippi, Memphis area that's doing something. And so I look up, you know, extreme, I forgot. I looked up the airsoft, uh, parks out there. It came up with extreme. I looked that up and then here's Mr. OT, never dull moment. So I hit him up. I was like, yo, like, I'm going to be out there. You want to do a collab or something? It's like, sure, man. You know, let me know when you're out here. And so that's how me and him linked. And next you know, man, me and his relationship, like, we just always linking up, like, almost at every event, every other event. We're actually working on projects right now. So uh, with him, he's actually branched me out to even more people because, mm-hmm. man, he's a magnet, man. That dude's a freaking magnet. I don't know where <laughs> it is, but he knows all these people. He's always collabing with all these people. Even as I was listening to – uh you know, your, your last podcast and everything. I'm like, dang, man, if there was like a Mr. OT streak, (laughs) people are connected to this guy. (laughs) I'm telling Well, and then tomorrow night I'm doing one with uh, his buddy shark bait. I'll be talking to him. Have fun with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Shark bait is real cool, man. That dude's a character too. Like everything about him is dope. Like I remember I, his hat, his hat stood out for me. I don't know if you see the video with him and, um, his rice hat that he be wearing. Huh? There's a video. There's a video that he has. Uh, it's on Mr. OT's page, uh, YouTube, where uh, Shark Bay has a, a rice hat on. So I just knew him as this character that's real funny, and he has a rice hat on. And next you know, I meet him. Like, man, where's your rice hat at? He's like, oh, I feel like wearing that today. But he was still just the funniest dude ever. I end up, I end up giving him a grenade just to go ahead and run around and cause some damage to some people. Nice. Yeah, that's cool, man. I uh, yeah, definitely. Mr. OT uh, has a lot of connections with a lot of people. Well, he travels around too, because uh, he was when I was talking with him, he was talking about the um, the forty hour. I think it was Milsim West event he went to the first. That was his first Milsim, mm-hmm. and he said he lasted nine hours. And Soda was there. Soda two four one, and I had done a podcast with her like. I don't know, two or three weeks before I met Mr. O.T. And then he was talking to her like, yeah, I was at that event with her. I was the one she was talking about where somebody dropped out early. 
I said, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, soon. Oh, yeah. So what, uh, so you, did you grow up in uh, Georgia, where you're at? No, I moved out here like, uh, shoot, going on four years ago, I think. Yeah, about four years ago, I went ahead and moved out here from uh, Colorado. Oh. I was stationed out in Colorado, and then once I got out the military, I just ended up staying out there. I moved out here just because, uh, yeah, I wanted to go ahead and try to expand my business at the time. I was doing media stuff, so. Gotcha. But I was playing paintball out in Colorado. Like, that's all I knew until I came out here. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, I saw you on your Instagram. It was uh, Army Vet, is that right? Yes. Yeah, you went in the Army? Yeah, I was in the Army 2006 to 2012. Okay. And so, yeah. you know, I was, I was stationed out at Fort Carson the whole time. Um, so that's all I knew is this Colorado and Iraq. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. yeah. What made you go in the army? Honestly, uh, shoot. Marine said no. <laughs> <laughs> Marine said no. Army said, come over here. We'll give you a bonus. And I was like, okay, let's go. Now I, I did oh, that out of, I did that out of Memphis. So I was in Memphis at the time when I did that. And, uh, yeah, they, they told me to get over there and, They'll give me a bonus, and even for the job that I was supposed to do, I never did it the whole time in the Army. I was an AC, a generator mechanic, and a driver and a gunner when I was in Iraq, or still an AC and generator mechanic. Oh, Neither of which is my job. Like Even when I got to my unit, they had to check and make sure that I was actually supposed to be slotted for them. What? That's wild. How did that happen? Well, this... Um, so I was a quartermaster of chemical equipment repair. I was supposed to work on, what is that? Smoke generators, gas, uh, smoke generators, water purification units, that kind of stuff. Shower yeah. units, washing and dryers. Yep. Nobody had that stuff anymore. It was like a, it was uh-huh. actually a horrible, um, uh, horrible MOS being because of the fact that the, it was a locked MOS, which means that you couldn't get out of it. And at the same time, it had max points. So you had to get 798 to go ahead and become a sergeant. So it was like just, and you also never did your job. So oh, shit. you just had all this stuff here. When I was first in, got my first unit, I was a heavy wheel mechanic for a second. And then this finally moved me over to uh, ground support because that's eventually what I've become. So. Mm. That's wild, dude. Yeah, I, well, the closest thing I got to that was, or I guess story I got to that was, signed up for combat engineer to do, you know, build shit. And they were like, fuck you, school's full for six months, so choose something else. But uh, <laughs> that's a pretty common story, actually. I was talking to, uh, in fact, the podcast that'll come out Friday, I was talking to a guy that was in the military as well. Same, same exact thing happened to him. And I talked to Radar. I don't know if you ever seen uh, Moon Goons, um, Moon Goon Operations. Mm-hmm. Radar on there, he was in the Marines as well. And uh, he went in for combat engineer, and they, he went down the same road. They were like, oh, school's full, so he had to choose something else. <laughs> so you was, you was unemployed in the military for a second? Mm. No, it was. Oh. Yeah, so like when you go, you know how um, when you go to, well, so we go to um, we go to boot camp, then we go to Marine combat training. MCT, yeah. 30 days in the woods. And I, right towards the end of that is where you get your orders uh, for okay. school, right? So whatever MOS you're going to get. So that's when they – there was like 20 of us in our group. They came over and were like, uh, common engineer school is full, you know, for like six months. So they actually gave us a choice. You can either hang out here 
Now we were at uh, we were at Camp Geiger in in uh, Camp Lejeune, and uh, you can hang out here for those six months and wait for an opening, or you can choose something else. So we're we're all looking around like, fuck this place, man. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we're gonna be doing police call, picking up trash every fucking day. You know, what I'm saying? like yep. hell no. Garrison life. Uh, so they gave us the um, Amtrak. Uh, what was it? Amtrak Motor Transport, Admin Cook. I think that was it. So that was those were the options. Like I don't want to be at a desk. I fucking hate cooking, even to this day. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then Amtrak sounded cool. I was like, okay, that's that. You know, the amphibious vehicle that you know troop carrier, oh, where okay. you can just barely see the top of it sticking out of the water. Yeah, just so, like the the, um, the stack. Yeah. Right, and the driver, yep. So uh, they flew us out. So a bunch of us chose that. So they flew us out to uh, Camp Del Mar, which is on Camp Pendleton, because that's yeah. where the school was for that. Well, before we could do that, we had to get swim qualified again. Like, you had to be the top-tiered swim qual for that job. So when you go through boot camp, uh, you know, Marines are part of the Navy, so <clears throat> we have to do uh, swim qual. So, we, uh, so anyway, we had to do, like, the, the highest one. Okay. So one guy, maybe a couple guys passed it. Um, I can't, honestly, I can't remember if it, I, I don't even know if any of us passed it. I fucking failed. A uh, bunch of us did. So the last section of it, we all about drowned and they were like, well, you can't be Amtrak. <laughs> I said, shit. Uh, They're like, you know, motor transport cook or admin. I guess I'm driving trucks. So that's how I ended up with that. So that, you know, that lasted, or that process only took a couple weeks, you know, mm-hmm. flew us all out there, did that swim call, like the, the day that we got there. And then, uh, and then we decided right then it was like two days later, we started our schooling for, you know, a handful of us chose uh, motor transport. So, uh, and then I was my first duty station. I was stationed at, um, in Okinawa with, uh, ninth motor battalion, spent a year out there. And then I worked at, uh, Edson range, uh, on Camp Pendleton, my last duty station. So, you know, went to Korea for a couple months, cold as hell. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. I wanted to go to Korea. Like I was actually trying to volunteer to go to Korea, but yeah. You guys have a big base out there. That's what I heard. Like I volunteered to get to go over there, and then I ended up getting out of military, and so I ended up not going. Yeah. Well, six years, man. That's uh, I just met a guy uh, yesterday, day before. I had to go to the DMV for some shit for my car, so standing in line, guy behind me was talking to somebody else and he said something about, you know, hurry up and wait, you know, and that's 
common yep. in the military thing, right? And I turned around and said, yep, that's, that's for sure. He said, yeah, he spent 33 years in the Marine Corps. And uh, so I showed him my tattoo and I said, yeah, man, I know what you're talking about. And uh, so we started bullshitting for a while. But uh, he was like, he went to Okinawa, Korea. Like he was, when you're in that long, bro. You've been some places. I'm telling you. And he goes, you you didn't think about staying in and retiring? I was like, nah. <laughs> I uh, I did my four active and, and got out. My wife and I started having kids. And I said, I didn't want to be, you know, we didn't want to be split up right away. He said, yeah, man, it's. It is a, uh, it's a good pension, but it's a really tough career, you know, to go through. And I said, yeah, I, man, I got, I got so tired of the inspections. They can oh, have it. <laughs> like, um, so I got medically retired. Mm. So it wasn't like full volunteer. Uh, like I was going to volunteer to go to, to career, but like even thinking about it now, I'm glad that I won't have to deal with garrison because I, with the military I was used to. When I was in, I was deploying every other year. So right. I got in 2006. Uh, I did my first deployment in 2007. Got back 2009. Deployed again in 2010. You know? Yeah. And I was used to that. When you deploy, it's a total different life than garrison. Like you said, there's no inspections out there. Like, there's none of that. Yeah. Just do your job. We're here. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially when you're on, like, the smaller, like, the JSSs and the cops, where it's just, like, you in, like, a small unit. You're you're not doing none of that stuff. So like that was a good army. Like felt like you right. were doing stuff, but yeah, I couldn't imagine. I remember doing uh, what is that payday inspections? Having to be in class A's and nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I no. went through a uh, the hardest one we went through as far as inspections go was uh, when I was in Okinawa. We did a they had a, a generals inspection. So generals inspection is the whole fucking battalion, right? So. And then it's a four-star general coming through with his entourage. And it's like the, the biggest inspection you could ever go through. And so you have every single piece of gear that you've been issued. So, and I'm talking at your extra chevrons, like all your shit, oh, uh, medals or whatever. Like you're, you're in camis. We were in camis. So we're in boots and utes, helmet, have a rifle. And then everything else is laid out on our poncho. The ponchos all spread out and everything is, I mean, to the millimeter, bro, in place. <laughs> so, motor pool. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. I bet we had to do that. Like, we had to put our stuff next to our equipment. All our equipment had to have its stuff out. Like, every little, if it was an Allen key with the freaking thing, it had to be there. I think, yep. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think why I always end up losing. I know I lost a lot of tools. That was three eights, three eight socket. I lost oh, that yeah. a lot of times. <laughs> I hear you. That was now, like what's uh? Point. Did you get injured? Are you in there? Yeah. So I did break my ankle while I was in there, but I got medically retired for PTSD. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, they worked a lot of therapy on the person. You know, normally I'll just put it like like this. I was a I was a functional dysfunctional soldier. You know. I mean, to think that anybody wouldn't feel anything from what they dealt with, you know, it'd be kind of impossible to do. But right. it's worse when you start poking at it and start, you know, making it a bigger thing. And so, like, them putting me through the therapy and stuff, making me more aware of triggers and all that actually mm. made it more worse than just letting me be a functional, dysfunctional soldier and just carry on. And Right. 
I probably wasn't the same anywhere and stuff. So, like, right. uh, one of the big things is, like, I, I haven't shot a gun since I've been in the military. That's one thing I haven't done. Uh, or since okay. I was in Iraq. Last time I shot my gun was in Iraq. It's last gotcha. time I ever pulled and shot a bullet. Yeah, real steel. So you, so you, how do you feel with uh, when you go to these mill sims when there's the grenades going off and the, you know, somebody's got those loud, you know, AGs and whatever. Yeah. Um. So there are times where actually, uh, in the beginning, there were times where like you know it was like the booms kind of got to me, but one of the things that uh like I was talking to like with my therapist about too was like why isn't I'm kind of attached to this. It's almost like a weird torture of a pain, right? Like going through something mm. again and again. But one of the big things for me was I can actually see what's coming at me. And so I feel more in control of what's going on. Um, I was dealing with IDF when I was over in Iraq. And there's not a lot of control when it comes to that, you know? So mm. it, Now, what what is that? Explain that. Oh, so IDF is indirect fire. Mm-hmm. Of When you're in like these small... Um, these like small areas, like these JSSs and stuff, and like they're they're firing, you know, saying these these mortars or rockets at you, and it's like one thing when you hear a boom. A boom is not bad because you know you hear a boom. It could be in a distance, but when you hear a whistle, the whistle is real scary because you 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 don't know where it's going. And mm. I heard a lot of whistles, and you know. That that's the part that really got to me more than anything. And one of the things I guess with this is like there was only one time I think, and it's in one of my videos. I didn't really talk about the the, the PTSD part of it, but there was only one time, and it's in one of the videos where like I really did kind of get kind of tense. And uh, luckily, somebody ended up mercying me. It was my first milsim. Uh, well, it wasn't my first milsim, but it was the first stonebreaker uh, that mm. I went. I think that was last year. Yeah, and when I went, I got shot in the right, right in the freaking tunnel, or not like this is little area towards uh, the the uh, JSOC building where you can like go around and look over. There's like an open area over here, and it's like closed right here, and there's a door. And so, like, we was in that area. I ended up getting shot, and so I'm just stuck in this corner, right? And so, green comes up, and what's green gonna do? But they can't see around the corner. They're gonna bang the crap out of it and so that did kind of get to me even you know saying kind of think about it it still does but it it, it's not like bad overall i guess for me because for me i have a like when i'm out there i'm not thinking of nothing and that's the best thing about my therapy when it comes to that is i don't think about nothing like there's so much that i concentrate on there's so much you know fear-based stuff that, you know what I'm saying, that I'm thinking about, that I have to deal with, keep my nerves calm about. But while I'm out there, people should be fearing me more than I'm fearing them. And, and that's how I feel when I get out there. So I'm more aggressive, I'm more getting in there than it is being scared. Because even then, like I said, IDF, you're not returning no fire or nothing. It's just coming in at you. So there's nothing there's nothing to do but just pray that you're not the one that dies. Like, that's yeah. literally it. Or pray that you're not the one to get hit. Like, when you're driving on the roads, you just, I mean, you see the vehicles come back. And when they say you go out, you just have to hope it's not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing else you can do about it, you know, especially when you're not driving. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've been in the back of freaking Bradley's, and that is definitely one of the most nerve-wracking things ever. I don't know how, like, infantry does it. I give them mad props for it, because, like, we're talking about rolling down freaking these streets at night, loud-ass noises, and these dudes are just knocked out like mm. nothing is happening. I'm sitting there like, where are we going? Why are we turning? <laughs> What's happening? Are yeah. we okay? I can't see nothing. And so, you know, it it's a different kind of mode than being on the airsoft field and like, you know, taking control of, of something, you know, like you can stand back and you can just get out there. And for me, I'm out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Well, I'm glad you're willing to talk about it because, uh, there's a, that's more common than people know, I think is, uh, some of these guys that go to these mill sims, they are, you know, they're combat vets and this, you know, they'll have moments like, like what you're talking about where you're around the corner and they're, you know, nading the the area, whatever. But, uh, one of the guys that was a friend of somebody that was in our group at Stonebreaker, he, um, he's a combat vet in the army and same thing. And there was, he does, this is kind of like his therapy, you know, going there. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, he likes going, but there has been a couple times where he come back and be like, man, I was telling these guys, you know, we got to do this. We got to move here. We're all going to fucking die. You know, that kind of thing. Like, and, um, so, and, and he talks about it while he was there, you know, he talked, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get over this or I'm working on that, you know, and, uh, I, you know, so I, I appreciate your, you know, willingness to talk about it because I know a lot of guys, um, I think it's more, it's probably getting better with that, but still there's a lot of guys that are like, I don't need to talk about it. I don't need, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. You know, it, it, I was forced to talk about it. That's the only reason why I'm here. You know I mean? At the same time, I, uh, that's the rough part about it though. You know, cause I mean, I remember I remember when I first talked to uh, one of my friends out there, you know what I'm saying? My first deployment, he was telling me about his first kills. I'm just like, he's like, bro, I got to go do a debrief on this. I'm like, bro, you're like, okay. He's just like, man, oh, cool. You know, I'm functioning. It's like, do you really want to talk to a person right then and there about it? Are you really, as much as they talk about behavioral yeah, health and stuff, and I am for it. It's just rough when it comes to the fact that you're going to break some of these people. Because some of these people, as much as you want to be stone cold, to be stone cold means not to think about it. That's right. literally the thing. That's the kicker about it. You don't talk about it. You don't function about it. You don't mm. you don't dig into it. You don't be like you don't do none of that. You just like they're dead. I'm done. Let's keep going. Because yeah. if you go back and you think about that stuff, that's when it does. You know, that's the stuff you want to work on. But when that's your job, that's the stuff you can't really work on. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. So I think that's. That's just where that is when it comes to some people, because I know even for me, it was like, man, man, that's why my career is gone and is because, you know, dealing with that, going through medication and stuff. All that is really what made me worse than it was being just a dysfunctional, functional person, because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that stuff is shaky. You know, some dudes, I, I give them props that they say they can shake that stuff off. But at the same time, it's like you're not really supposed to shake that stuff off because it's not normal. <laughs> you know, it's not a normal way. Exactly. You know, so it it breaks something in some people. So, you know, I have no issue talking about it, but I'm very humble in the fact to say that I know a lot of dudes that dealt with way worse than what I've dealt with. It's not even saying, I mean, 
I'm not gonna discredit what I dealt with, but at the same time, I do. I've talked to some people in groups that that almost humble me, and they're like, "No, nah, man, everybody goes with what they go through, and you know what I'm saying that's their journey." And so, for anybody that listens to it, you know, listens to this, just know that's your journey. You know what I'm saying? Everybody goes through something. If you if you raise your right hand and you and you had to, that's the biggest Russian roulette already right there, because you don't know mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. Just raising your right hand is it's a big risk. You know what I'm saying? It. I didn't do my job and I raised my right hand. I went over there. Still there. You know what I'm saying? You raise your hand. You don't know what your MOS is going to be. So if right. you're doing some stuff, it's okay to work on it. You know? If if that's what you feel you need to do. If there's something, you know, people are saying that some things are going on, probably check into it. They're probably not lying. <laughs> hmm Yeah, for sure, man. Well, that's good that, uh, you know, you're, you're where you're at now after all that shit, you know? So what yeah. you said uh, earlier, is that what kind of led you into getting into media? You so were working with, in media? Was that kind of, was that something that helped you? Yes. Yes, actually, you know, media has been big in me just because of music. Like, so I played drums. Like I said, I DJed. I've been DJing since I was 14. And so uh, I was in foster care and, and I, I learned about DJing while I was in foster care. So that music brought me, even when I was in Iraq, I was DJing any chance I get. I was helping out with uh, with the MWR while I was out there and DJing for the little parties and stuff. I also did stuff for my gang out there. It was like music gave me like, you know, a, a different space, you know, which is good. Mm-hmm. You want to be in that different space. So even with drumming, like drumming gives me a different space. Anything mm-hmm. to give me that kind of space. And so what kind of media media came just because everything else is there it really is because of djing you know i as much as i was djing uh i met a lot of different independent artists and stuff and i i always dj at these whack shows where they're paying for tickets and, and all this and it it's a whole mess when it comes to it right instead of looking at a better business model and so one of the things i did was made a, a media um an internet radio station or any internet radio network i had like five stations on there and uh some of them were independent like they was doing their own things two of them were mine yeah so yeah two of them were mine and you know i managed it that way but i started getting into live media like everything i wanted to do i wanted it to sound like you know legit as possible and make stuff look as great as possible since i'm a tech geek it was like i could dig into stuff uh, so like even with video, the first thing I was using was uh, I was doing Facebook Live for my for my radio shows back in 2015 with yeah. the iPhone and the iRig. I was having direct audio already going through back then, so everything you heard was like as legit. I had that coming straight to the iPhone from my mixer, and so holy shit, yeah, I, I was deep in that stuff. Even I accidentally double booked one time an event because I was doing live streaming. Yeah, now uh, like still 2000 what 2016 or so i was doing like live streaming and um i accidentally double booked and i realized i did and so i stressed my the hell out trying to figure out if it was possible to have a two-way event and so yeah. i figured out how to go on facebook live with two two different locations at the same time and this was before they was doing the whole simple press a button type thing i had to do oh, like shit. screen sharing 
screen share over here, read this, record that, broadcast that, but I did that. And so we'll switch it back and forth, like, back to you, Bob, and then switch over there. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we'll go back and forth. So, I mean, yeah, when it comes to media, that's Dude. the fun thing about it. Like, I just love this stuff. So is there, is there somewhere we could find those events? Um, Check out like Mate. Uh, shoot, I could send it to you. Um, Yeah, check out Made Sounds Media. Uh, M-A-D-E. Uh, sounds and media. Yeah, sounds yeah, actually Discord. exactly. What, um, yeah, I'll send you the full link of it. I have to look it up real quick. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. I'll pull it up. Can I pull it up on the screen? Yeah, you can look at May Sounds Media on. You want mine? YouTube. Let me see. So, so you have. Thing. So that's another YouTube thing you have. Yeah, I I stopped it. Oh, okay. I I wanted to bring it back. One of the things that I learned back then was um, as much as you want to do anything, if you really want to grow, you definitely need a team that's really a team, right? Because mm. I had a lot of people I was not really like 100% dragging, but I had a lot of people that was doing things that that helped with the that helped the business but wasn't part of the business aspect. Because, you know, you got I had content creators, you know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, you're a content creator. So mm-hmm. if I have all these content creators on YouTube, that's great. You're promoting YouTube, but who's helping out YouTube itself to say, check out YouTube, you know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. it was that part of that aspect that I was missing, and I ended up getting burnt out. I came out here, and I was working on establishing, like, another one of my radio stations, and I was like, this is cool. I'm putting a lot of my money towards this, though, and I feel like I want to put my money towards something else. Like, this was fun, and I was very proud of it because I actually helped out a lot of people because I I put standards on them. So, like, there was – I actually had sound engineers. I never did sound engineering before, and I put standards oh, on them to where they learn how to be a sound engineer for a radio station. Now they're doing stuff at college, and they're uh, A&R and stuff. I got other people that's doing production and, you know what I'm saying, and writing and stuff, and all that's from – Making like I, I like projects. That's all it is. If I look yeah. back at what that was, it was a hundred percent a project. You know, you right. make a project, you put these aspects on it, and you just see what happens. Man, if it grows, it grows. If it doesn't, as long as you have fun, just cut it off when you feel. Yeah, like. and you learn some shit along the way. Hell yeah! Let me see. I got all these freaking videos on it because another thing I did was I was doing um I had a music video show on there too. But oh shit. Media was just always just a big thing for me because, I mean, it's just like, you know, when you see these content creators now with Airsoft, like, I'm amazed by them because they put a lot of work into what, you know what I'm saying, what they're producing um, as far as, shoot, like, their production. I mean, if you look at, like, some of the top, not even the top, if you look at, like, this amount, right, Mm -hmm. you see that this stuff is crisp, clean, you know what I'm saying? If they're doing the sound type talkovers, it's on right. point. Sound effects. Everybody got that stuff. I look at all that, and as simple as it sounds, I I just don't feel like doing it, man. It's a lot of work, man. The gameplay stuff, like Kicking Mustang, you watch, he puts a lot of effort into his videos. Like, he actually enjoys making films. So, and he talks about that. So, because uh, I saw uh, his interview with Novridge, and he was like, yeah, I really love making these films. You know, I like... He don't just throw some YouTube videos up. He does the whole voiceover. I mean, it sound his stuff sounds like uh, one of those professional like documentary, you know, with the voice in the background and doing this. And then uh, one of his videos, he had like 
the predator noise going on because he was aiming in on somebody, but he didn't shoot him. So he's like, you know, they didn't see him. Really? Uh, yeah, I dude. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, he puts a lot of effort in there, you know, but yeah, you're right. A lot of people don't realize how much work goes into that, especially the gameplay stuff and the talking over, you know, the voiceover stuff and all the effects. So it can be, it can be a lot. I mean, I know the workflow gets easy though. You know, like the, the more you do it, the faster your workflow becomes right. like not hype anybody up again, but Mr. OT, for instance, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy uses the freaking phone. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody understands, but first off, a phone's not big. So I'm already irritated. I hate texting anybody. Me, yeah, and, same. and then you're talking about Wi-Fi freaking between your phone and a, and a GoPro. I don't care what kind of Wi-Fi it is. It's still between the phone and a GoPro. That thing is slow when it yep. comes to, you know what I'm saying, transferring that data. And you sitting there just, <laughs> no, I give you props, man. I don't know how long it takes them, but no, that's just, that's, no. <laughs> that's way yeah, too you much, know, man. Uh, you were talking about Tonka earlier. I asked him on, when I did the podcast, he said, I said, do you take your GoPro videos off, you know, like put them on your PC and edit them that way? Because he puts a lot of those, uh, you know, clips that he had from Stonebreaker on his Instagram. And they're really good. So he's like, no, I use, I can't remember the name of the software, he said. But it's from his phone. And he can just pull it off. It grabs the video from the from the GoPro. And then he can just pick clips and stuff. I'm like, holy shit, dude. That's, I'm, I'm behind. I need to catch up with that shit. Tell you. So, bad news. I don't have the 2X on here because it was on Facebook. And I deleted okay. the House Media Facebook. Yeah. But we still, still got my YouTube stuff. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. <laughs> that's, this is... All right, hold on a second. Oh, that's just a commercial. I thought that was premiere. Let me see. Yeah, let me... Once I get it uh, where I can... All right, hold on. I'll share the screen. Maybe. There we go. Where are you at? Is that it? Nope, wrong one. <laughs> Here we go. Inception. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, what the hell just happened? <clears throat> there we go. All right, and then I'll go. I'm going to play it. <laughs> now we're going to give you a chance to see if it's good enough to play. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> go. No, we're going to do it, man. Come on. <laughs> let's see. Where's it at? You see it? No, I don't see it. I only see you'll, you and me. You'll have to click on when I share the screen. You have to click on. Uh, oh yeah, it says you're sharing the screen. My bad. That's me. Look at Dang. you, man. Man, look. <laughs> okay, man, look. I tell you this, but I, I, I work on IT all day. Okay, I'm going dumb for a second. Can I just be dumb for a minute. You're allowed to, man. You're allowed to. I know. All right, here we go. It should come up when I play this now. Yeah, I see it. The app is available for every device. I, I, well, it's maybe. Bro, there we go. He keeps lagging out. Yeah, dude. 
Once you are there, you can submit any music you But I mean, you hear my radio voice. <laughs> oh, is that you talking? Yeah. Hell yeah. That's me. Yeah, you have to check that video out on the back end. That stuff is good. I love it. Like the whole, and see, even with that, that was really some content creation type stuff. Like, I purposely made that like that. Like, I made it like this whole uplifting yeah. office commercial. Like, yeah, yeah. It sounds like one of those uh, you get in a meeting, a business meeting. <laughs> oh, dude, I love the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. Oh, that's cool. Whoops. Nope, I don't want to do that. I yeah, man. I did freaking, but uh, I did that for, I did media, or at least that whole business venture for, I want to say like three years, three years heavy. And then, mm-hmm. like I said, it was just my money. I felt like I wanted to put my money towards other things. And honestly, this is what happened. Like, my money went towards other things. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it, that's what I've heard. Uh, as soon as you get an airsoft, just nonstop money pit. Man, yes, a lot of impatience, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of lessons learned. Like, that's one of the things I figured out is shoot, man. I spent a lot of money trying to figure out what it is I like, what I don't like. Mm-hmm. I also spent a lot of money because I thought it was what I was supposed to get, and it wasn't. Yeah. That happens a lot. Uh, so, yeah, it's a learning process. <laughs> now, had you played uh, airsoft before you went in the military? No. So, I, I never played any kind of shooting sport until, well, when I was in the Army, I played paintball one time. Yeah. Like, that, yeah, it was one time. It was for, like, a unit. Like, it was kind of like one of those unit mandatory fun days, trying to get everybody in the spirit before we go out. Uh, and so, I did that. And that was it. So I never played again until, once say, 2015. I played paintball with uh, one of my friends out of Colorado Springs over at uh, Dragon Man's. I don't know if you heard of him, but that's the dude that has, like, all the guns. He's actually, like, one of the – yeah, I think he's one of the biggest gun museums or whatever in the United States, I think, is out there. Dragon Man. Yeah. I think that's what it is. But uh, I went out there and – Shoot, I played a couple times with him, and next thing you know, I ended up buying my paintball marker. I got me like a Titman A5 and nice. with a uh, flatline barrel. Ooh, that thing was crispy, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I played a lot out there, and I came out here, and I haven't – shoot, I came out here, what, 2018. I stopped playing like maybe 2017, right? Wasn't thinking about playing anything, and one of my friends – uh at this warehouse I was working at, he was like, yeah, check this out. And he showed me, it was actually an air rifle. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, man, go ahead, get this and shoot you with this. I'm like, oh, really? And so I started <laughs> looking up like airsoft guns, right? And, and I come up with the LM4. I'm like, bro, what's good? Like, let's do this. I'll go get mine. You get yours. Let's go. I still didn't know this dude was going to shoot me with a pellet gun. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, because I didn't know it was a Pelican at first. Eventually, I found out, like, bro, that's a Pelican. You got to get an airsoft one. He's like, okay, whatever. And so he's an older cat. But I say this to say, I was about my stuff, okay? I went ahead and ordered that crap. I had it ready. I was like, Joe, what's good? He's like, man, I ain't got my stuff. I'm like, man, what's good? And so we, we shot with it. 
and I loved it because when I was looking it up, it was a gas blowback. I knew it was like the closest to like you know what I'm saying the realist. It had to kick back like like you know what I'm saying yeah. and four platforms. So I was like, cool. And I went. I ended up finding a field to go to uh, power ops, and so I started going out there, and I, I loved it. And like when I was out there, we're talking about shoot, man, them magazines are so expensive. I think I had like three mags on me. So we're talking about like a, a ninety a ninety round count. <laughs> Running down freaking in the field and just lighting folks with a ninety round <laughs> or ninety <laughs> rounds. That was it. Like, dude, like you really do it? I'm like, trigger discipline, bro. Trigger discipline. Right. It, it wasn't until I found out about AEGs later that uh, that trigger discipline just kind of goes out the water, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shoot all day, bro. All day. <laughs> just, just spam it. Just like you're in paintball, get one of those double triggers. Oh man! <laughs> like I still had a single trigger out there, and I'm glad I did. But man, I, I've played. I played with like some people's HPA, uh, HPA airsoft rifles. I'm like, these guns make me evil. Like I can't. I can't. <laughs> I had somebody was it like a SG1 or something? Is that what it is? Uh, it's. I think it is G and G. Uh, it's one that um. It has like a weird like paintball type look to it. it. Looks like a paintball marker, but it's an airsoft gun. It's not the um, ARP nine, is it? No, it's not the ARP nine. Okay. Let's see, SP one, GNG SP one. I don't. Yeah, speed I don't think I've seen soft. That one. It's like speed gun SG one, maybe. Man, get where it is. But anyway, yeah. I was playing with with that man, and that gun is it's it's mean because as soon as you shoot it, like the trigger response on it is just like you sneeze in it in some of these guns, <laughs> like you sneeze and freaking. It's got one of those electronic <laughs> uh, triggers that's like uh, super sensitive or whatever. Yes, and that's just so that's just not right, man. I can't give that to me. Like you can't expect me to be responsible <laughs> for that. I'm about, to, I'm about to go in. I'm about to run up on everybody. I understand why they do that. It's like it was instant for me. As soon as I had that gun in my hand, I just I wanted to run around and light people up. Oh dude. I mean I think that's where, you know, a lot of these uh the videos you see with it, you know, the cheater stuff or the overshooting or the you know, they're spazzing out, you know, like these 15, 16 year old kids or younger have a polar star that's fucking decked out and, you know, and just, 40 rounds a, a second. And, uh, it is, I, I gotta say it, 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 you know, when I was that age, when you get heated in a competition, I, I kind of don't blame them, man. I, you know, it's, I know it's shitty for them to do, but man, when you got that, and you just flip that sucker on full auto. <laughs> like, like you want to do it, but you don't. Like I never, mm -hmm. I never flipped anybody on full auto. But I, I spend, I may spend like once a, uh, dang, I spend a few times. And even then, I'm noticing now, like Millsim keeps me humbled to the fact to where if I'm spamming that much, I need to get better at my moving and my tactics. Because mm -hmm. like, especially out there, is. It's a totally different aspect. Like, you're not supposed to spam. You shouldn't have to spam. You're supposed to have a whole group. Right. You're supposed to suppress. If you're suppressing, mm -hmm. suppression is not about, you know, spamming the crap out of it more than it is. Just make sure they hear that tap on that freaking area so they know you're looking. Yep. That's all you need. 
Laws are here to tap every couple of seconds. They'll stay down. You run up on them and, you know, you assault them. That's the way it oh, yeah. works. And so, you know, I got to humble myself when it comes to that. Realize that. Like, yeah, man. Like, let me get let me get better at my at my craft. And that's even when it came to uh, with, uh my pistols, that's what happened. Like, at first, I'm like, okay, man. Um, I'm a, um, I'm a DMR, you know, so I have a minimum engagement distance, right? right? So people are running up on me and I can't shoot them. That's messed up. I'm sitting there like <laughs> this, like that's messed up. I got to go get guns. I'm trying to find my, my, my best pistol and stuff to use. And later on, it's like, no, bro, either get better at shooting them or get a better position. <laughs> if they're running up on you. By the time they're doing that, you should have already yeah. been moving. Like there should have been something you need to say readjust. If nothing right. said that, then that's on you. So yeah, money wasted. Now I got yeah, a perfect I to you. use my pistols, man. Yeah, what kind of uh now what do you run? What's your main weapon you run that you like to? So my main weapon, my bread and butter, is actually not here. She's in the shop. But mm. uh it's a VFC Mark 18. And I mean that that's been my go to for for a while uh used to be it used to be a vfc scar h but that one ended oh, up yeah. that one ended up being a little heartbreaking uh tragedy for me that, i was in the shop for like a long time and oh, it, we, i just never got to work so it was like i need a different gun so between that and i would say my tr16 my gng tr16 that's like mm-hmm. that's my dmr that's my go-to dmr okay yeah, those look cool. Oh, I didn't even realize those were uh that was a gun rack back there cuz Yeah, okay. Yeah, so this is my primary uh my primary DMR. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Looks cool. I love it. But oh, you want to yeah. hear something funny. This one I got for a lipo battery. Oh shit. That looks badass. Yeah, the L86. I didn't even know mm-hmm. what it was until somebody told me what it was. But I got this for a lipo battery. One of my best <laughs> stories ever. <laughs> you got it for a lipo battery? Yes. You traded it? Yes. I traded what? it for a lipo battery. Oh, my I God. I don't know what happened. Like, the dude, the, I mean, he was very humble with it, though. Like, he won the lipo batteries. I had, like, I think, like, two or something of them. I was over lipo batteries, so I had one bad incident with them where, of course, it caught on fire, burned, uh, burned the carpet, and I was like, Jesus. Yep, nope, never again. Don't want it. <laughs> Found out about Lions, uh, uh, Lion batteries, and so I was mm-hmm. like, yep, going with the Lions. So, went with those, and this dude's like, man, I just got these guns, and I need a lipo. I'm like, bro, I got lipos. You can have them. I'm like, really? I'm like, yes. You can have them. <laughs> like, like, and, and the like, burnt carpet with it <laughs> yeah like man you can take shoot man if i can give you a whole the carpet with it all of it you can have all of it but like i was just cool with it i was like yeah, yeah. he's like man well i got this gun but it doesn't work i was like okay it's a gun it doesn't work meant parts or whatever i don't know trade it later right. so i went to the shop figured out what's wrong with it got it fixed and lipo battery nice yeah, now, what shop do you use around you? Or you have so, to get something fixed. I go to the Tokyo Armory mainly just because they they specialize in AEGs, um, and I don't have an HPA, 
all the HBAs are normally handled by um, who is that? Um, Airsoft Junkies. So Airsoft Junkies handles all HBA. Oh, okay. Tokyo Armory handles all the AGs. For the Airsoft part. Junkies is down uh, by you. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's shit. not down by me. I mean, yeah, it's in Georgia. Like, see, it's there's nothing by me. <laughs> it's north. Oh, of, really? It's, it's north Atlanta. I'm south of Atlanta, and okay. everything. Be- that that's a journey. Everything between there is like an hour and a half. Oh, I think when I was telling you, I was on my way home. Like, yeah, it was a journey. Yep. <laughs> Traffic, bro. Yes. Well, you know, we're in we're in Simpsonville, so when we, uh, you know, anytime we have to go down that way, it's, uh, you know, we try to avoid Atlanta like the plague because no matter what time of day or night, two in the morning, doesn't matter. It's fucking backed up. Somebody wrecked or something. Like, yes. you just, like, dude. <laughs> right. My mom was just out here, and I was like, yo, so I know you say you need to be at the airport at, like, 2, but I'm going to make sure you're there at, like, 1.30, because you're always one accident away from being late. Yes. <laughs> always no one accident, especially out there. It's like you get everywhere you go out there or everywhere you go out here, right, if, if there's an accident, that just shut down everything. That that just shut down, like, 20. That, that, that's oh, 10 dude. miles worth of damage. <laughs> For sure. Yes. For sure. Nobody yeah. can get anywhere. They have to go on the highway. It has to be 75. Right before <laughs> freaking, you know what I'm saying? 285. Like, oh, Jesus. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's a, uh, so I was going to say, you're, um, have you been to SS Airsoft? I have not. Okay. So I, I normally don't, I don't play uh, indoors, but mm-hmm. I think I did, I did one indoor. Um, I went there twice. It was insane, insane airsoft. I think that's in Chattanooga, but okay. I went there a couple times. I'm, I'm just not into too much air indoor. Like I use power ops more as my CQB type, you know what I'm saying? Movement. Cause it's still, it's outdoors, but it's a CQB environment still. Gotcha. Uh, I've been to Fort 13, which is, I haven't been to the new field, but the old field was a uh, indoor and I like that one too. But I don't know, something about there's just too much of everything for me that I, I get nothing out of it that I would want, right? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. uh, I go by the, I want to say, yeah, yeah, I go by the train as you fight. Or, you know, it's a car right now, train as you play. You know, it's where, like, every time I'm going out, I'm trying to go out for something. And some of that is just a little too cluttered. It's more individual than it is more, you know, Milson. Right. So, yeah, Power Ops in Georgetown, that's normal where I'm at. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I follow, uh, I did a podcast with uh, Spooky and um, actually her husband, that's the one that's coming out uh, Friday, and they play at SS. Oh, okay. And uh, a couple other people I've I've talked with uh, are in your, you know, well, maybe not in your area, but, you know, fair, you know, kind of close, a couple hour drive, I guess, away. But uh, a lot of people I've talked with have talked about uh, shit, I can't remember what you said earlier. The uh, the name of the field that is huge. It's in Georgia. Georgetown. Um, what is or, it? Georgia, uh, <clears throat> Team Airsoft. Yeah, the one that's uh, got like 800 acres or whatever. I think you mentioned it earlier. There was a there was a uh, mill sim over there. Yeah, Georgetown Team Airsoft. Okay. Yeah. Well, shoot, no, Fort Thirteen had a mill sim too, but. 
I'm sure you probably talk about TCA. Uh, TCA had Dragon Rogue over at uh, at Georgetown. Okay. Somebody was telling me about a giant uh, field in Georgia that was like the biggest airsoft field they've ever seen. Couldn't have been. It was one that um, I was like, oh, I would like to go out there, try and, you know, check it out. Man, between, I want to say, I'm trying to think who I would say would be the biggest, in my opinion. Because, like, Team Aerosoft is actually pretty big. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know how big they was until I think they had, like, one game that was in some area I didn't even know about. We were still walking. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this is, <laughs> this is a hike. Yeah. But they, they got they got a pretty big area over there. So, like, that's one of the main reasons why I like it because it, it's kind of in the mountains, too. So, you know, mm. good terrain to go ahead and get them legs working. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's cool. I know um, at Stonebreaker at GTI, they said the guys were saying that uh, there were a lot of areas roped off that or taped off or whatever that they couldn't, you know, that were not uh, in playable area or whatever that used to be. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, GTI shut a lot of it down for whatever. I don't know. But uh, I think it made it – I think that's why it made it where there were a lot of stalemate points, you know. With the, you know, because everyone congregates to that building up the yep. hill. There wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, ways to get around at the other places it used to be, like, playable area. I mean, from what I said, like, there was, there was some areas where it was, like, bottleneck. I'm trying to think, though. For the most part, it's it's really just with the terrain. It's like I thought it brought a lot of actual better battles to the middle section mm-hmm. of the because of the fact that it was so it was bigger. Like I know the Stonebreaker before that, or mostly when it comes to the AAs, it's just one half. So it's not like it's like everybody starts at this end and they go out. Yeah. But this time they had it, we're like, okay, yeah, this one, yeah, this one, yeah, this one, yeah, this one. Oh, okay. And so that actually, it, it changed the dynamic to where even if you found, like, a dead area, that's more of an advantage, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? That's more of an advantage to you to, like, move in certain areas. Yeah. Just a theory, though. Like, from what I was seeing out there, because there, there was a point to where um, it's like with the with as wide as they had to fill, it was like you can kind of direct traffic, and I felt like at some times it was actually like a lot of traffic direction. I know out over by the northern AAs, I believe it was, uh, they had a that was like a continuous battle out there. I have to look at the map again to see which one that was. Yeah. But out in the field, middle of nowhere, they had that held down. I mean, yeah. Like Eastern was in the freaking grass, so like then you had the technical battles, two technicals going after each other. Like it was, it was actually a crazy out there. Man, I never really tried to mess inside the building, honestly, because yeah, inside the building is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Now, have you ever been on the uh, chopper out there? Yes. Uh, oh, did I do chopper out there? No. So the chopper ride, I did actually. Yeah, 
I did the chopper ride out there because I did the tier one. So this time mm. was dope. They did the tier one with the helicopter ride. So I did mm-hmm. do that one. Uh, and the last helicopter ride I did before that was at Sirius Viking. There we go. So I knew it was going to come back to my head. There you go. Sirius Viking. <laughs> um, so when I was at, uh, when I did Sirius Viking at uh, the Guardian Center. That's the one I, okay, Guardian Center. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize the name. I don't know how big it is, but. That's oh, the one that's somebody what, talked about before. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. The Guardians in the that's, yeah, I couldn't remember, but yeah. A lot of people have talked about it. That one is actually pretty it's it's real nice. I do like I like the whole urban city environment type deal. That okay. is that that's actually a good look. I do like that. It's still, you know, aerosol. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's rough with the buildings. I mean, the building fights are fun. I think the thing I like about any of the terrains that we go to is more the fact that you just have more fun with a group of guys that you can actually, you know what I'm saying, maneuver and get some training out of it. With the buildings, it gets rough because some people end up just staying in them things. Like, uh, I, I've had, what is it, for me, you know what, I can't even, I take that back. Last time I was at Guardian Center, it was the only time I was out there, I was a platoon leader. So it's totally different. I was, it was a totally different lifestyle for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have some stuff, different stuff to deal with. Actually, most of the militants I go to, I end up being in leadership. And so, mm-hmm. when I look back, I gotta, I gotta take a step back and realize I don't have the same kind of fun when I'm in a leadership position that I do right. when I'm like a squad leader. So this last, uh, this last event, I was a squad leader, and so that's mm. cool. I was just with my squad. And yeah, that's that's way easier for me. It's a little more fun, or sure. it's more fun than you know, what I'm saying being up there sometimes. Well, you can get in the action and stuff. You don't have to, you know, be on comms the whole time directing. Yeah, because you know, for me, when when I'm a leader, I am going to have the most boring job ever. And I kind of understand that to the point. And the only thing that right. you know that that kills me is that I know that as boring as a job is, and as low as the percentage is, I feel like that people that would listen is that percentage that actually do follow Milsim that your job is the most vital to because you're the only guys that are on comms. So you're the only guys that have the whole situational plan. You're the only guys that could direct traffic. Like I was XO before, or I was XO for Western at, um, bone strike. And, mm. you know, for that, it was like, I have to stay back. <laughs> I have to stay at the right. pit because people are going to come back and they're going to ask questions and I'm going to have to be there to be like, yo, <laughs> this needs to be done or yo that needs to be done i'm hearing yeah. this you know full observation and eventually i try to find you know a way to get into the fight but mm-hmm. even then i'm an asset i can't right. die i can't even right. think about like forget this i'm charging up to the front <laughs> <laughs> i'm not supposed to be the person in the front i shouldn't even think that way so yeah, yeah it's a different it's a different play style right and so that's why, like, looking back at the Guardian Center, I can say, like, I wasn't really in the Guardian Center to, to have fun. I wasn't really in there like that. Like, I think right. I had the story, the uh, the Millsim story from the Goon Squad, or the fun stuff that we have on Sunday. But my whole Saturday? <laughs> that was chaotic. I was, a, I was a platoon leader, and then as soon as the game started, or as soon as it started, it's like, I'm in there, I'm in there, I'm in there. I'm supposed to be on a helicopter. Oh, shoot. I missed the freaking helicopter. Oh, shit. So, 
because there's so much happening. I'm already on the comms talking to these dudes, and next thing you know, I was like, I didn't even, because I think, like, it was, one, I think the helicopters ended up going late, and so, like, oh. it was already late, so I'm just trying to right. look to see when they're landing, but while I'm trying to look at them, you know what I'm saying, I'm trying to stick my head into this game, pay attention to my guys, and next thing you know, like, I missed that one, so now I finally get on there, and even then, I can say, Never put a DMR on a helicopter. It's not going to be a fun experience. <laughs> if you are a DMR and you buy a helicopter ticket, have fun. Not doing yeah. nothing. I'm telling you right now, it's just miserable. Because I was out there and I'm like, <laughs> so you try to. It, it, the oh, first part shit. is, I was a DMR and they had, and I guess because of just the layout of everybody that was there, I ended up having to be in the middle. And so I have this long rifle I'm trying to like hike oh, up right. here, you know what I'm saying, trying to shoot with. It was still a fun experience. The biggest day for me was just one, just riding around and just seeing what's happening, right? Because you think about it, nobody's really supposed to shoot out a helicopter anyway, unless so you got a minigun or something like that. Man. So then the second right. part is the mission. The the mission afterwards, like as soon as you land, that was the best part. Dismounting mm-hmm. out of a helicopter and doing it properly. I don't know why, but just dismounting from vehicles. Just yeah. Out. So what? Uh yeah, what was that? Um, that was a special mission with what admins or something? Yes. So with the tier one missions or with the helicopter missions, they they normally have like admins. Yeah, pretty much all the admins go ahead and help out with that their cadre. And so, uh, with that one, it was we had to disarm or no, we had to blow up a vehicle. Yeah, we had to blow up something. Um, uh, and it was just dope because they already had the. They had the Humvee out there at center just lighting up, you know what I'm saying, shooting off the blanks. And you got these guys that are shooting, and you don't know where they're coming from. Like, the best – I love – ambush is, like, fun. Even, yeah. I think, during Iron Dagger, they had an ambush, or they set up this weird – or they, not weird, but they set up a fraggo with an ambush. Yeah. Every time TCA sets up an ambush, you know that's going to be your best fun ever. That's where everybody's going to get blasted. That's where it's going to be like, oh, this is some BS. They surprised me. That's what? That's because you're so used to the complacency that you forget what the real Milsim is. Or you forget, not where the real Milsim is, but you forget, like, that, that's part of, you know, saying Milsim. That's part of the experience. Right. Ambushes. That's what normally happens. It's not normally like, oh, these guys are running towards me. It's normally dudes that you don't see. You're chilling. Yep. They pop up and you react to contact. And so I always like the little special missions like that. That's cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cause I was, uh, they were talking about that when I was there, uh, you know, the guys, I, my two sons and their friends were talking about it. Like, Oh yeah. The guys that got the uh, chopper ride when they land, they land way back, you know, back here or whatever. And they, they get to go on a special mission. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's cool. I wanted to talk to somebody that had done that. Yes. I mean, like I said, it's just, it's fun. You, as soon as you land, they give you a briefing, like, okay, here's your mission, here's your objective. It's different from the tier one experience, but it's still, like, I mean, mm. it's just as good. Because, like, you get this, you know what I'm saying, mission, okay, we're moving. And next thing you know, you're just walking. Again, you're, you're so used to dudes right here. Like, we're moving this way, and they're right there in front of me. I expect Yeah. But now you're just moving, and beep, contact. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot, everybody acting crazy. <laughs> Disperse, medics. <laughs> Oh <laughs> like God. it's just like boom as soon as i hit it it's gonna get hit hard like even with the tier ones if you ever get a chance to even get footage or anything off of the tier one that that's the experience because you're talking about nighttime freaking uh you're talking 
we get to use the C4. Like they make these special little C4 and stuff. Oh, shit. Clack it. Yeah, it it is fun. It's legit. So my That's first cool. tier one, I got to use the C4 and like breach through the doors on GTI. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, like their their whole. I mean, they they put a lot of work into those ones, and so like that yeah. that's always the best experience. I think even now with uh the way they're switching things up, like with the dynamic that they say they want to bring, it's gonna be real you know interesting to see how that plays out. Because again, like when it comes to them. You know, setting up the the tier ones in the scenario base, them scenarios be hidden. You're gonna be upset because you're gonna get clapped. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. You're gonna be upset. Hell yeah, man! Well, listen, bro, it's been uh, really good to meet you again. <laughs> yes, officially. Officially. <laughs> and, uh, Not in uh, our camouflage. Yeah, and, and actually knowing that it's you. Um, great talking with you. Uh, you know, love your history, and I appreciate you talking about your military service and uh, and what you've gone through and stuff. You know, being open about that. And um, so, I, I have a final question for you. So, uh, you just won twenty five grand on a scratch off. Okay, what's the first airsoft thing you're buying? The first airsoft thing I'm buying. See, in my head, I want to say something, but I already know it's sold out. <laughs> if it's not sold out. Minigun. <laughs> Which one? I don't care. Just give me one. <laughs> just give me a minigun. Like, I I just want to walk around with a minigun. I want to be an official Jargonaut. <laughs> oh, dude. You got to check out, uh, speaking of that, well, that's a great choice, by the way. That's what I would choose as well. Um but uh what oh, what's his name um ben ninja ben uh well we, he uh he goes by ghost bones okay but if you look at um gibbers plays airsoft gibbers plays airsoft uh shot tactics and then ninja ben so i did a podcast with all three of those guys separately they played the same field ben or, you know, he goes by Ghost Bones. He's got the most badass juggernaut suit I have seen. I mean, it's fucking awesome. There's a video uh, that Gibbers did. They all played together. It was hit, uh, the juggernaut's birthday. And he had. they made him carry cupcakes, one in each hand, from one side to the other without losing the cupcakes or whatever. <clears throat> so, you know, without him getting shot out of his hand or whatever. It was really cool. But uh, you'll have to check out his uh, his juggernaut suit. Yeah, I just typed it up. Ghost Bones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm going to check that out. Well, listen, man. Uh, I appreciate you being on here. And uh, we'll definitely have to do it again. You know what I'd like to do is do uh, have me, you, uh, and some, you know, couple guys you've played with, like, that we talked about. Mr. OT. You know, because we can have you know, a bunch of people on the call when we do this. I've done it before. We've had four or five people on here. And as long as we all have headsets and mics, it works out fine, you know? It's pretty cool. I could stay on here all day for this recorded, or I got some ideas already I could chop up with you about. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would love it. And, oh, and listen, I did have another question. So 
was it Mr. OT? I think I was talking to him. He was talking about you and saying that you legit scratch records. Is that real? Yes. You scratch records? Yes. So yeah, I know you DJ, but you also do the whatever. That's a horrible sound. Oh shit, look at it. Yeah, those are the techniques over there. I I do a little uh, this with like shoot. <laughs> Let me see. Hold up. Give me a second. All right. We got, we got right. a second? Yep. <laughs> we got a little minute. Yes, sir. <laughs> Maybe think of it too, or remember it was the uh the picture you used for your Discord handle. Oh I, said, has- I think that's an up close picture of your hand on a getting ready to scratch or whatever. Oh yeah. That is. That that's another Tonic, you know what I'm saying? I'd be messing with. So, do you play any instruments? Or I thought I seen one. No, I did. Uh, I used to. You know, I started out when I was a kid playing uh, acoustic guitar, and then after the military, I haven't played anything. I played Rock Band on Xbox. Okay. True, oh, man. You gotta do. <laughs> oh, what? Okay, what do you play? What I played the guitar. Play? I played the guitar and the drums on Rock Band, and That's I did true. shitty on both of them. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? I started out with the bass on Rock Band. I remember that was like the only thing I played in Iraq. Like, I was like, "Man, what is this? They're they're playing drums on the TV. I could do this." I was so oh, yeah. angry when I thought I could do it, and I found out like it's a totally different way. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to uh, yep, on there. Yeah, you said you play drums. Uh, Brim Airsoft, you have to look him up too. That's the podcast that just came out this morning. He yeah. uh, he's a drummer as well. Okay. Yeah, shoot, man, I'm always down for a jam session. Scratch sessions and jam sessions are like my that's my hobbies. Hell yeah. You ever thought about doing combat photography at one of the airsoft events? Yeah. Uh, I well, that was my hope to do on this last event, but um. Yeah, I couldn't get my legs to work, cooperate, so <laughs> I, was, I, I was, like, lagging behind everybody. I think you did everybody. say something about that, too. I think you said something yeah. about that, and I was like, okay. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm, I'm still hopeful that I could do that one time, you know, in the future, get this shit working right. Yeah, get out like, there, because that's what I want to do. So when I bought the ticket, you actually have a choice on the press pass. To be, you know, I forget what, I guess a combat uh, photo, you know, a photographer or whatever. And then the regular one, I just bought the regular one, NATO or whatever the whatever the hell it's called. And then, um, because I was like, dude, I'm not going to be able to keep up with you guys moving around. Like all the pictures are going to be uh, 100 feet behind you guys. <laughs> I said, fuck it. I'll just uh, walk around. Well, I got to talk to uh, Sal as well. So I got to go up there and, you know, because... The pass that I got, I can just roam around anywhere, anytime. So the combat photographer, you have to be with your team. Well, listen, uh-huh. bro, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to do a, a we're going to do a, a scratch session. I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to I'm going to convince Mr. Ot to come up with a rap for a video for me and you and him while you scratch. You could set up the audio. Where it'll, you know, where we could hear it on the call clearly. And then Um, he can come up with a rap. You know, he used to rap. Yes, I 
I need it. I already told him that me and him are supposed to do a collab because I got, I got a song out. I got bars. You don't, <laughs> don't want to do nothing with me, though. Oh, you shit. See, I'm calling you out. I asked him. I was like, come on, man. Uh, I, I asked you about it because I wanted to see if you were going to do a rap for us here at the end of the podcast. He's like, no, that was in my past life, whatever. I'm like, come on, bro. <laughs> we're going to talk him into it. Uh, j- just because I could at least find you something. I got you one of my videos. All right, let's see it. It's a DJ video. Yeah, man. There it goes. There we go. You look like a, a conductor. Or, I mean, a composer. Like, oh, yeah, your hands are going everywhere. Like, so fast. Yeah, this is a fun routine. Like this is what I actually like spend time like digging into like fun crafts. Hell yeah. Now is this one of the videos that's on your um that channel you sent me? No, this is on another channel, so I can see this channel too. Uh yeah, so this is this is the Raise Hand Raise Hell channel. Yeah, send me the uh send me the links to whatever you want me to tag and uh and then when this video comes out i'll tag all those and um but i i'm seriously gonna contact ot and we're gonna we're gonna do a collab where you guys do some music together on a video on this podcast because i want to hear it yeah dang i wonder no yeah i mean it's not like we're not already working on something like okay well, we you don't, don't have to say it. If, yeah, if we already got something. some pro. It's not anything on the music tip, but we do got some projects already lined up, and I know our schedule's probably busy. So I would not be surprised if he's like, no, because he knows that uh, me being me, priorities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, but yeah, we do got some some stuff going, um, gotcha. some other collaborations. That's one thing I do like is like collaborating with people. So yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, shoot. Maybe I, I mean besides the music collab, I mean maybe me and you will collab on like some some uh, some videos or something. Cause I'm, I'm thinking about doing some photography myself. So okay, yeah, hell yeah, dude. Well, listen, man, it's been awesome having you on. Yes, and uh, great to meet you, and hope to do it again soon sometime. Oh yes, man, it's been great, and again, I appreciate you know what I'm saying you inviting me to your platform and hell putting yeah. me out here. Cause yeah, I'm just. Just guy that shoots people with BBs on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a lot more than that, but I appreciate it, man. And uh, so, where where can everybody find you online? Hell yeah, airsoft. H A L E yeah, airsoft. That that one you can find. That that's on <laughs> Instagram and that's on YouTube. Awesome. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, you have a good night. All right, you too. All right, man. Later, man.